Pacific Coast Church. Happy Sunday. Pastor Ashley here. I'm so, so glad that you made the choice to join us, whether you're watching live 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, or maybe you're catching up via the podcast, listening to the audio, wherever you're watching from, listening from, we are thrilled that you're taking time out right now to connect in this way. We're so grateful for technology. We also want to let you know Everything that we've been talking about, wanting to announce, we are literally at the very last step. We are prayerfully hoping that this week we get to announce the big news of our next landing place and what God is unfolding right in front of us. And so make sure you follow us on social media. That is going to be so important. If you haven't signed up to receive the text messages, you can text Pacific Coast right now to 84576 and you can get the text message updates along with everyone else. I think we have like 900 people that have signed up in the last few months just for our text messages. It's amazing what God is doing to network. In this season, it's going to be more important than ever, friends, that you are a part of a small group. If you're not a part of a small group already, make sure that you go to pacificcoast.church and join one. But hey, we have something else that we want to ask of you right now. If you have ever thought about facilitating a small group, if maybe you've thought about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if the church offered this as a group? Guess what? Maybe that's the Lord knocking on the door of your heart, nudging you to facilitate a small group. It is so simple. You don't have to be some sort of eloquent speaker or a Bible scholar or even, you know, any sort of expert in anything. It's just about gathering people. And we will be doing a small group training in the next month. So here's what I want you to do. If you have any interest in all at facilitating a small group, I want you right now to email us at info at pacificcoast.church. Info at pacificcoast.church. When we launch at this new gathering space, it's going to be so important to have so many small groups for people to choose from, ways for people to connect. This is going to be incredibly important in this season. So we want to make sure that we have a myriad of small groups for you, your loved ones, and all the new people that will be joining us. Friends, it's going to be so, so exciting. Also, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. Right now, it's summer and everybody's vacationing and they're doing all the things that keep us busy. But I want to encourage you, make sure that you are keeping the, the idea of first fruits, the idea of that obedience to the Lord at the forefront of your mind and of your heart. And we make it so easy for you to be able to do this. You can text the word donation to 84576 and you can get that link sent right to your phone. You can go to pacificcoast.church and give online super easily. You can also set up recurring giving so that it actually gets drafted out so that you know that before anything else happens, you've committed that to the Lord. That's a really cool way to do it as well. There's also mailing your checks in. We love that. That's Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. 
so many ways to give. We're so grateful. We want you to know that we take this stewardship thing so, so seriously. That's why we haven't entered into any of this quickly. It's been prayerfully, it's been with wise counsel, and we want you to know that the accountability there is so important to us as well. So thank you. Thank you for partnering with us. Even if you feel like, oh man, I only have this small amount to give, or I only have this small amount of time to serve. Maybe I only have, you know, one time a month for my small group to meet. It doesn't matter how small it is, friends. God wants to use whatever it is that you're willing to give. And watch Him. He will multiply it. Well, pastor, does it mean that if I send in a $100 check, I'll get $1,000? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking what the Lord has nudged you to give in whatever way that is. If it's time, if it's expertise, if it's skills, whatever that is, actually laying it at his feet and watching him utilize it in a bigger way than you could have ever dreamed. In something that is building his kingdom and not just yours. That's what we're talking about. It's so incredibly important. I also want to encourage you if you have prayer requests. We are always praying. We have an incredible prayer team. Urgent prayer requests are texted out when they're sent to us and the prayer team starts praying. We had a situation like that yesterday occur where we are praying together across literally the entire nation for very specific needs. If you have a prayer request, you can go to the website and you can submit that there or you can text the word Pacific to 84576. You can do that to connect with us. You can do that to submit prayer requests. It's going to be so important. Know that even though right now we're just connecting via technology, we are still very fully connected, linking arms and watching what God is doing in this in-between season. I want to pray for you as you right now are allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Well, wait, uh, Pastor, you don't normally pray in this moment. Man, the Lord has just been literally speaking in such powerful ways. And sometimes we have to stop and pause and listen. So, Lord, right now I'm praying for everyone who's watching. God, I just ask that you would help quiet all the noise around them and help them to hear you more intently. God, those little nudges that maybe they've been dismissing. God, that you would speak even more clearly, that you would continue to nudge them, that you would continue to encourage them in the areas that you're desiring to shift and to change and to amplify. Lord, we're so grateful that you are the God that is with us and you speak to us. Help us to listen, prepare our hearts for this amazing word that we're about to hear in this suit up series. Lord, help it be fertile soil for whatever you want to plant. God, we are grateful for this time together. We love you and we praise you. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. All right, check out this word.
Well, what's up, Pacific Coast Church? My name is J.F. Wilkerson, and I'm just so honored that you'd spend some time with us today on this beautiful summer Pacific Northwest weekend. I'm loving it. I hope you're all doing well. But you know, in the same breath, listen, I know some of you are really struggling right now. And I just want to say, Ashley and I are here for you. I I want you to know that you're loved. You're not alone. Yes, of course, we're praying for you. But also, please, reach out to us and our Pacific Coast team if you need some one-on-one pastoral care. If if there's just any way that we can help. I I know this month, gathering in the physical, come on, it's been a bit challenging. But listen, we're just right around the corner from being able uh, to, to gather together on a regular basis. So, so hang in there, all right? But let's be honest. We can feel the tension in the air, right? And, and as Christians, we know exactly what that is. It's a war that's raging as we speak. Now, I'm not talking about a physical war with two militaries. I'm talking about a spiritual one. And this is what we call spiritual warfare. And it's very real. And so, That's why we're in this series that we've called Suit Up. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have chosen the side of goodness, of righteousness. And because of that, the side of evil led by the enemy of our souls hates you for that. And in many ways is on the attack. Have you experienced this attack? I mean, I know I have. And in fact, I'm in it right now. So very, uh, uh, the very logical thing to do as Christians is to suit up for this spiritual battle. And our text comes from Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says this, Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, here it is, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, here it is, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. This week, we're going to talk about the shield of faith, what it is and what it looks like for us to actually use faith as a shield in our daily lives. And I I think it's important to recognize that there's a clear distinction that Paul makes about this shield of faith. If you look back at that passage, every time that we have discussed thus far, Paul told us to put on, to buckle the belt of truth around around us and, 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 and and to put the breastplate of righteousness on us in place and fit our feet with the shoes of readiness. But his terminology, watch this, it changes with the shield. Look, let's go back to the text, Ephesians chapter six. It says, in addition to all this, watch, it says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So 
even from this description of the armor of God, we can tell that faith isn't just something that we have to have. I mean, even George Michael told us that, right? You got to have faith, faith, faith. Oh, you got to have faith. You remember that song, right? But what if it's not enough just to have faith? What if God is telling us that faith is something that we have to literally take up? Something that we have to utilize daily for it to serve all of its functions in our lives. Now, this is something we're having to constantly teach our own kids. It's, it's obviously perfect summer weather right now in the great Pacific Northwest. This is, this is the, the best time of year. But there are times during the winter rain that I'll walk the kids out to wait on the bus and I'll, and I'll look to them and say, guys, did you have your umbrellas? And they'll always answer the same thing. Yes, dad, we have umbrellas. And I'll, and I'll say, cool. You know, and, and then we'll, so we'll trek out into the cold rain and I'll turn around and look at them and they're just getting drenched. You know what I mean? Pacific Northwest kids. And I'll say, guys, where's the umbrellas? To which they'll reply something like, it's in my backpack <laughs> or it's in my room. Listen, it's not enough to just have faith in the same way that it's not enough to just have a shield. You have to take it up. You have to utilize it. And it's funny because we, we get the picture of how absurd it would be to have a shield and go into battle, but never pick it up and utilize it. And yet we do that with faith all the time. So some of us say we have faith, but we forget that faith has everything to do with action. And if we aren't utilizing the faith that we claim to have, then it'll never produce the results that scripture tells us about. So what does it look like to take up this shield of faith? What does it look like in our daily lives to utilize faith so we can operate and make a difference in our battles and in our lives? And so today, I, I wanna look at a battle that Israel walked through before they defeated Jericho and before they walked into the promised land, before Moses even passed away. I believe that there are elements to this battle that I want to talk about today that will help us learn how to take up faith daily and, and show us what it looks like to have faith be a fully functional shield in our lives that helps us not only in the battles that we face, but allows us to walk in the victory of everything God has for us. This battle is found in Exodus chapter 17. Israel, just for context sake here, Israel has just recently found freedom from slavery. And my guess is that they thought that now they could finally just walk in freedom and peace and rest. They, they thought it would be smooth sailing after that big victory. But look what happens. Exodus 17 verse 8 says this. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. What can you expect, especially when finally you experience some freedom in the Lord? Attack from the enemy. I'm just telling you that's what happens. In fact, every week we're talking about battles between Israel. Remember, they were the chosen people of God and the enemy. It, it, here's the thing. It wasn't just one battle. It wasn't just one attack. Because here's the thing. When you are chosen of God and walking into his promises, you can expect attack. This helps us understand even more exactly why taking up our 
taking up our faith daily as a shield is so important. Even the armor instructions that Paul gave us explains that we should expect attack. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says, In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. There are going to be arrows shot at us from the evil one. And not just regular arrows, flaming arrows. Really? Are you kidding me? They aren't only powerful hits of, uh, of sharp arrows, but they're on fire too? you got to be kidding me. Here's the thing. There's something really cool that I learned about these ancient Hebrew shields that Paul was referring to. These shields were large door-shaped shields made of wood, but not just wood. In addition to being large and door-shaped and wooden, they were also covered with linen and leather and then soaked in water before battle. Now, why were they soaked in water before battle? In case the enemy decided to shoot fiery arrows. So these shields that illustrate our faith, they didn't just block the arrow. If they had been properly saturated with water, they extinguished the arrows, meaning they put out any residual damaging effect that they might have. But to be effective, the soaking process had to be continual, especially before battle. Aha! You see, this picture is so powerful. Here's what I want you to see. If you look at the chapter right before Paul is unpacking this description of the shield, he uses this phrase in Ephesians 5, verse 25. Now, now Paul is describing how, how Christ loved the church. Verse 25, Jesus gave himself up for her, the church, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing, 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 washing with the water through the word. Paul is using the word of God as a symbol of water. Do you see what he's saying here? Just as that shield had to be continually immersed in water to extinguish the fiery arrows, our faith, our hope, our thinking has to be continually washed, saturated, soaked in the word of God to fully extinguish these fiery arrows from the enemy. Some of you are wondering why the enemy's attacks are burning up so much ground in your life. I need to ask you today, this first question, are you ready for it? What are you pouring on your faith? If, if Paul is saying that the illustration of faith is like a shield that we, we, that we not only have to have, but make sure we actually take up and use in our lives, we also have to make sure it's continually cared for in the proper way, which is soaking saturating and, and, and washing with the waters of God's word. But how many of you know that you can soak your faith in other things too? Hello. Th th things that won't necessarily be helpful. I remember when I was a kid, camping was like one of my favorite things. And, and, I, and I used to go with friends and family members and my friend Scorpio, my, my buddy Scorpio, you're watching, he, he knows one of my favorite parts of camping was the fire. I, I love a great campfire. And I remember this one time camping with my friend's family. We were 
coming to the close of a great camping night. I'm telling you, we, we, we were on the boat all day and we just roasted hot dogs over the fire that night. And we made some of the best s'mores ever. I'm telling you, I'm a s'more dude, okay? And, and we knew that it was time to soak the campfire, to, to put it out before we went to bed, right? And everybody knows that about fire safety. So the gentleman I was with, he said, hey, Jeff, grab that blue container of water over there and go ahead and pour it all over the campfire while we clean up the rest so that, you know, the bears won't be tempted. You, you know what I'm talking about? So put that thing out and cl clean up the food. And so it was, it was dark. I mean, you know, the woods, it was dark. And so I grabbed what I thought was the blue container and I began to pour what I thought was water over the hot coals of, of the campfire. And all of a sudden, a massive blaze of hot fire lit up the whole area. I had accidentally grabbed the red can of gasoline and tossed that on the fire instead. Now, don't worry, we finally got it all out pretty fast. Nothing, nobody or nothing was burned, everyone was safe. But I tell you that story because I want you to ask yourself, what are you pouring on your faith? What are you soaking your hope, your thoughts, your mind in? You see, too often we ask Christians to spend our time and energy in toxic, toxic things that are not of the Lord. And it's almost like, it's like that gasoline. It's like, it's like instead, of, instead of soaking our shield of faith in the water of God's word to extinguish the arrows of the enemy, we are instead pouring gasoline on our shield of faith. Maybe we're pouring what, what that very broken person said to us over and over on our shield. Or, or, or maybe we're remembering that one thing we did and instead of pouring the, the, the truth of God's word and how when we repent, we are forgiven, instead we pour the lies that the enemy feeds us. We pour that all over our faith. And you see what happens when we pour that crap onto our shield of faith? All the enemy has to do is shoot that one arrow of fire at us. And when we think we are raising our faith to block it, the whole thing lights on fire. And what should have been extinguished instantly now becomes a whole painful mess for us to deal with. And all too often in those moments, we blame God, don't we? It's God's fault. God, why would you let this happen to me? And the Lord says to me, but JF, you've been pouring the wrong stuff on your shield. I want you to saturate it in my word. And you have to do this continually. The good news is that even if your shield has all kinds of flammable toxins on it, his word is so powerful and faithful to wash it clean. Start today, right now, my friend. What are you pouring onto and into your faith? I love the way Isaiah says it, Isaiah 54, 17. God, God is talking about this very thing. He's speaking of Zion, which applies to us too when we decide to follow Jesus. Verse 17 says this, no weapon, maybe you've heard this, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Now, We've taught this before, but it's something we will continually teach because it's so important. This word heritage equals inheritance. 
inheritance is twofold. Number one, the parts you're born with. And number two, the characteristics you acquire. And psychology calls it nature and nurture. My son Fulton is not only named after his great-grandfather, Fulton Buntain, but he looks just like him. Fulton looks just like me and his great-grandfather. Because he was born with that DNA, but I have been told that I actually not only look like my grandfather, but I have some of his mannerisms. Why? Why do I have my grandpa's mannerisms? Well, some might be genetic, but a lot of them are because I spent so much time with him. And my friend, you are created with DNA from the God of the universe. When you say yes to him, you are saved and you bear his name and you have access to what he offers. But if you don't spend time with him, you won't take on his traits the way you could and the way he God desires. You see, back to the story in Exodus, it's so important to know that the Amalekites, right? The Amalekites, the, one, the ones attacking Israel, they were actually descendants of Esau, Jacob's twin, twin brother. Same DNA, but very different in the outcomes of their character. What we pour into our faith, our thinking, our hope, and who we are can, can determine how and if, we're, and if we're walking in the true inheritance that God has given us. That heritage, heritage where no weapon that's formed to hurt us and that is launched at us can succeed. So the question is, what are you pouring into and onto your faith? Back to the story. Israel. Israel gets attacked. And look what Moses instructs, Exodus 17, verse 9. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites, the enemy. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. I will, I will stand on a hill with a staff. Well, why a staff? You see, Moses' story is a great one. Some of you might know it. Here's Moses. He was born into a super challenging situation, the Lord rescued him and orchestrated it where he was actually raised in the Pharaoh's house. And then God calls Moses, you remember this? To lead his people out of captivity into freedom. Remember this in, in Egypt? And if you read the story in Exodus, Moses argues with God. And he, remember, he gives God every excuse why he couldn't do this assignment. He even tries to convince God that he isn't equipped or talented enough to do any of it. And look at God's response to Moses. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. What is he saying? He's saying, Moses, I have already equipped you with what you need to walk in this assignment. Just being willing to pick up and use what I've already given you, Moses. It's, it's in your hand. And that's my next question for you. The first was, what are you pouring onto your faith? And the second is, number two, are you willing to pick it up? Well, what is it, you ask me? What has God already given you? Moses had to learn over and over that God wouldn't ever call him to do something that he hadn't already equipped him for. 
He, he just had to be willing to pick it up and use what God had given him, even if it didn't make sense, even if it seemed silly. So let's go back to the story, Exodus 17, verse 10. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, with his staff, remember, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Listen, Moses understood that to win this battle against this attack from the enemy was going to require worshiping and glorifying God with exactly what was already in his hand. What if, what if, what if you're not seeing victory in the battle you're facing because you've been praying for different weapons when God is simply asking you to worship and glorify him with what is already in your hand? And this is a lesson we are taught over and over and over again throughout the Bible. Remember the little boy, the little boy who brings his five loaves of bread and two fish to Jesus. It sure didn't seem like much, but Jesus uses what? He uses the boy's faith and it multiplies the fish and bread and and it feeds 20,000 people. So many stories like this throughout the Bible. So many stories like this even right now. Listen, in the middle of a global pandemic, while people were losing their jobs, while churches were closing down, fighting over petty mask arguments, my wife and I heard from God that this was a moment not to run away, not to quit, not to say we don't have enough money or support or resources, but rather to use what we had in our hands. So so we knew people needed food, period. So, so we have a lifelong friend who worked at Amazon Fresh. You know that, that little company that has a lot of food? Yeah, yeah, that one. And so we were just like, that's, that's who we know. That's all we have. And so we just asked if they could help. And you know what? They did. And in a global pandemic, we fed over 100,000 people. In fact, that's still happening today. Side note, if you know a church or a nonprofit that needs food, call the Amazon Fresh headquarters in Kent, Washington, and they'll get you set up to come, come up and pick up free food. Do it right now. What do you have in your hands? What will you choose to do with what is in your hands today? Step out in faith. But not only did Moses know that he was supposed to worship God with what was in his hand, he also knew he wasn't supposed to go at it alone. Oh yeah. He understood not only his own humanity, but also the power in numbers. And that's the last question today that will help us understand what it looks like to take up our shield of faith in a way that actually does protect us. Remember, the first is, number one, what are you pouring onto your faith? Will it extinguish those fiery arrows of the enemy or will it fuel them and allow them to do even more damage? Number two, are you willing to pick it up? What has God already given you that he wants you to worship him with? What if that is the key to the victory of this battle you're in right now? And here's the last one, write this down. Number three, do you recognize that we need others? Let's go back to the text, Exodus 17, verse 12. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. 
Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. This faith thing is personal, yes, but it was never meant to be done alone. This concept is found all throughout Scripture. And I love Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, is carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You want to know how to adequately live out what Jesus came for? Here it is. Hold each other up. Link arms with those that you know you can trust, with those that are fighting the same battle for the Lord's kingdom, not their own. So often we forget the book of James even tells us that this is also how our prayers can be effective. You want effective prayers in your life? Lean in on this one. James 5 verse 15. Therefore, confess your sins, meaning your struggles, your issues to one another. Not just anyone. Listen, to those that you know are trustworthy and living for the Lord. And here it is. And pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man or woman can accomplish much. So the question is, how, how does this idea of helping each other and linking arms together to do life in the Lord relate to this picture of the shield of faith? We don't get the illustration as quickly as the people of that time because of us. We've never actually held a shield and maybe fought in a physical battle where shields you know, are actually needed. Um, the most we can picture would maybe, remember that movie 300, you know, the, the uh, well, you remember the movie, but it, maybe something kind of like that, that visual. But, but what you and I need to understand is that on those battlefields, when those soldiers found warriors that they could trust, warriors that they knew were fighting the good fight and had, and had the kingdom in mind and not just their own glory. And, and when they were all united and when those soldiers were willing to link arms, when, when, when those uh, you know, those, those soaked and saturated massive shields were held together by those kingdom-minded, unselfish soldiers. Those shields made an impenetrable wall like none other. And they, they, they were shielded in front and over their heads and even from behind. Remember that scene in 300? It's like, almost like, a, like an armadillo, if you will, right? They, they, they could move and, and protect themselves and they could advance in a powerful way. That, that, that could never be done alone. So let's go back to the text. Verse 13, Exodus 17. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. Here's the thing. Most of us don't realize that what Moses called this altar is an actual name of God. Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. And just like everything else in this imagery, it's a military phrase. The banner that is being referred to here was a military type of flag. And here's the thing. It was held high to indicate to your soldiers where the battle was. And here's the thing. As long as your army's banner was raised, you knew you hadn't lost the battle yet. What is Moses saying here? He built an altar and called it the banner. The Lord is my banner. Moses knew that Joshua and all the Israelites would always need to remember as long as we live our lives, realizing that it's his kingdom. And as long as we are lifting him on high in our lives, we will not lose the battle. So in closing, the 
questions. Number one, what are you pouring onto your faith? Number two, are you willing to pick it up? And number three, do you recognize that we need others? Man, let me tell you, friends, as we close, I'm going to pray here in just a second. But man, that last thought, we need each other, don't we? I'm telling you, even more than in my lifetime, I, I just feel like as we look around, the world is in chaos. <laughs> I mean, even locally, we, we sense it and we need each other. We need, we need each other like no other time because there's a war raging. It's a spiritual one and we need a shield. And we just talked about it. The part of faith is stepping out. It's hearing from God. It's trusting in him and, and taking that first step. And so today I want to pray for you. And I've got a couple of questions here. I want to pray for two groups of people. Number one, those that of you that aren't followers of Jesus yet. I mentioned this tension, right? This feeling of things don't seem right. And what you're sensing is absolutely correct. Things aren't right. There's stuff going on, and not only in the physical, but in the spiritual. And you say, Pastor Jay, if we pray for me today, I, I feel like I'm just taking these arrows straight on. You talk about a shield and soaking it in water to extinguish the flame. I, I don't even have anything like that. I'm just, I'm like, those arrows are hitting me straight on, and I am catching on fire. And you say, Jay, if I want to say yes to Jesus, I want to take that initial step towards him. And I want you to know he's not running away from you. He's not, doesn't have his back turned against you. He stands like a good father who would stand with his arms wide open. Run into his arms today. He has been calling. He's been nudging. And maybe my prayer is this is the culmination of what the Spirit's already been doing inside of you. You, you knew something was going on all along, but you couldn't recognize exactly what it is. Today, I want you to know that's what we call as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, drawing you to him. And so I want to pray for you today, my friend. And maybe you're sitting on your couch in your apartment right now and you're alone. Maybe you've got one of your ear, uh, ear pods in and you're on a little walk. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Wherever you find yourself right now, you don't have to be in a church with a steeple on it down in front to accept Jesus into your life. You can do it right where you're at, on your lunch break, in your car, on your walk, with kids all around you. It, it doesn't matter. He is with you right now. So just say, say a prayer, something like this. Lord, Just I believe in you. I believe in you, Jesus. I accept you into my life. Lord, you know all of the stuff that's going on in my life. All the pain, the heartache, the attack I feel that I'm under the pressure, all of the things that life throws. God, I need you right now. I've made decisions in my life that have left me empty, led to destruction. I've hurt other people. So God, I want to make my peace with you. I receive you. And I say, I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made. We, we call that sin. We call that repentance, turning and going in a different direction. One that runs towards the side of righteousness. So God, I pray for my friend right now. Second group of people, you're a follower of Jesus. And you say, JF, pray for me. 
you know, this process of suiting up that Paul um, encourages us to do as followers of Jesus. I haven't been great at this. I, I have let my guard down so often. And Jay, we just even starting today, will you pray for me that I will uh, take it up? I believe I'm a person of faith and I've got faith, but I'm sure not walking in it. I'm sure not lifting it up, picking up that shield of faith that goes before me and following Jesus. And so you say, Jeff, I feel like the, the, the fiery arrows are, are, uh, are getting through. Will you pray for me? I feel like the attack is, is really overtaking me at times. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you right now. And you pray for me because, man, I'm telling you, I'm feeling it too. I'm feeling it too. But here's the thing. I mentioned it earlier. The more you do for God's kingdom, the reality is the enemy's coming at you that much more. So if you're, listen, if you're experiencing this type of attack, you feel this pressure, you feel the tension, you might just be doing the right thing. All right. So stay in it. Don't retreat. And listen to that last part. We are in this together. That's why we formed Pacific Coast Church. And as we continue, we're going to get that much stronger and that we're going to get to know each other that much more so that we can truly, really trust each other to, to step out in faith. So let me just pray. Lord, I pray for those that are watching right now that love you, that are in your spiritual army, that are in the battle, that are suiting up. But today there's something that was said in this teaching that resonated. God, I pray right now for the person that has faith in them, but wants to take it up, wants to activate it, wants to step into it. God, I pray right now that you would speak to them regarding this, that they would have the courage to do what it takes to take ground for the Lord. And so, Lord God, I just pray for our church as your word instructs us to link arms, to come together, to be willing, to be vulnerable, even when it's uncomfortable, to be willing uh, to, 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 to have the hard conversations, to be willing to bear each other's burdens, which at times gets messy and hard and scary and all of these things. And in the midst of all of that, all of that, we let each other down because we're broken humans. Lord God, I pray that even in the midst of that, I just pray right now for my friend who has been betrayed, who has felt like the church has let them down for the person that feels like uh, they can't trust anybody. Listen, I, I, I have felt that in this season in so many ways. Personally, Lord God, I pray for myself and my friend that we would be willing to step back in, that we would be willing to take that step of faith. That is scary. And that we would be willing to join arms together, hold hands and take ground in this community that we love so much. We thank you, Lord, for this moment together. And God, we just put all of our hope and trust in you concerning buildings, gathering locations. Lord, so often we want to try to make stuff happen on our own. But God, we have to be willing to humble ourselves and know that you are guiding us. And here's the fact, you are. So God, I pray that you would give my friend watching right now who who's like we got to get hey god just give us peace right now you have that all worked out and we're excited to step into anything and everything that you have for us regarding buildings and 
spaces and neighborhoods and all the different things, God. We just rest in you today. Thank you for every person watching. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow, friends, shield of faith. How many of you will never view that the same? Right? God is so good. The way he is unpacking each area of armor in this series, it's been so incredible. I'm excited for all of it. Hey, if you have a prayer request today, if you want to connect with one of us, if you want a phone call or maybe even just submitting prayer requests or if you want to meet and do coffee, make sure right now you text the word PACIFIC to 84576. We want to make sure that you are resourced and you are connected in exactly the way that God desires. This is not a season to do alone. And exactly as I said earlier, if you're interested in facilitating a small group, make sure you email us. Maybe that's what God has put in your hand in this season. Maybe it's that ability to host, or maybe it's some specific craft that you think other people will be excited to do with you. Or maybe it's time. God's given you extra time in this season. Who knows? Whatever it is, I'm excited to see how God leads people to pick it up and use it for His glory, right? And as always, your giving is so important, gosh, especially in this season. Text the word donation to 84576. Go to the website, pacificcoast.church to give or mail those checks. Pacific Coast Church, 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. Now, we have three questions for you, hopefully for your small groups to discuss if not for you to just journal and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you personally about all of it. Question number one. Knowing the illustration of the ancient shields being soaked before battle, what are a couple of ways that you can be conscious of what you are pouring into your faith? Why does this matter? Number two. What are two things that God has given you in this season of your life that he might desire you to pick up and utilize to worship him and serve others? If you're not already using those things to do that, what is the first step that you can take this week to move toward doing that? Number three, do you have genuine godly community that you can trust? and that holds you accountable in healthy ways, that's important. If not, have you joined a PCC small group? Might God be calling you to start and facilitate one? Wow, so much to think about, so much to meditate on. If the questions went too fast, just rewind this video, screenshot it, take a picture of it with your phone, or we always list it in the comments below. We're excited, we're excited about this next season. This in-between part has been so important in our growth, right? And in our maturity and starting to realize even more what's important and what's not. God is using all of it, friends. Be encouraged. We hope to have huge news for you this week. Stay tuned. Love you all. God bless.